On Wednesday, February 27, 2019, my dad, Dr. Anthony M. Capone, was interviewed by Edna Sussman, reference librarian and Veterans Testimonial Project Director. My dad, along with other United States veterans, had the opportunity to share his military experiences so future generations will know his story. I take this opportunity to include this interview as part of my Life Stories Conversations that are included in the Spoilers Alerts podcast. Thank you to Mrs. Sussman for agreeing to allow me to share his story on Anchor, and of course, to my dad for sharing his amazing experiences and life lessons. I think you'll see why we are all so proud of him. Today is Wednesday, February 27th, 2019. My name is Edna Sussman. I'm a reference librarian here at the Half Hollow Hills Community Library. We're interviewing Dr. Anthony M. Capone, a World War II Army veteran, as part of our Veterans Testimonial Project and in collaboration with the Library of Congress's Veterans History Project. Thank you so much, Dr. Capone, for your service and for participating in our project today. Dr. Capone, where and when were you born? I was born in Brooklyn, 1927. And who were your parents, their names and occupations? My father was a, uh, a life insurance uh, office manager, and my mother was a homemaker with four children. Wow. And what were their names? Uh, well, I was the oldest, a boy, and then uh, three girls. Anne, uh, Marie, and who? Joanne. And Joanne. Joanne. And your parents' names? <laughs> my father's name was uh, Jerome, and my mother's name was Helen. Okay. My father, when he came as a boy of 15, and he had to stop at the... Um, Ellis Island? Ellis Island. Where did he come from? From Sicily. Ah. And he was 15. Wow. He spoke no English, and they said, what is your name? And he said, Girolamo. And they said, what? Say it again, Girolamo. And the, the men at the table there couldn't make out what it is. So one of them says, sounds like Jerome to me. You're kidding. And that's the name that has grown up. Wow. My son was named after him, and he's now Jerry oh. Jerome Capone. Wow, that's funny. <laughs> Did he come by himself? Yes. Mm. The parents, uh, poor economic conditions in, in Sicily, where mm. they came from, mm -hmm. where he came from, and they arranged with the family friends who lived in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. And there, when he came, he found a job as, uh, in construction. At 15? Yes. Wow. So he worked for whatever time, a brief period. And one day he was walking along the street in, uh, in Brooklyn, Bay Ridge, 86th Street and 5th Avenue, I think. And he saw a sign that said, Salesman Wanted. So he went up, he got a job. In one year, he was assistant manager. The second year, he was manager of the office. And he was still a teenager. Well, Almost. whatever, 17, yeah. 18, whatever. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, and he eventually got a high administrative position in the company. That's an interesting story. Yeah. So did any of your siblings also serve in the military? 
None. I have three sisters, right. and uh, not, none of them served. So what were you doing before you entered the service? I was, uh, I had graduated high school at 17, and I started college at Columbia. Mm. They had, during the war, they had triple sessions during oh. the year. Okay. Uh, because so many men were uh, away and uh, trying to get ready to leave. Uh, so I, I was at Columbia and I got in, you know, several semesters before I got into the service. Well, and then did you, you enlisted? I know, I was drafted, drafted. at 18. Mm -hmm. What year was that? 1945. Yes. Uh huh. And that was into the Army. You didn't have a choice, right? I didn't have a choice, but it was the Army. So... After, after basic training, uh, we were transported to Staten Island. Oh, before that. So where was basic training? In uh, Maryland. Fort something? I okay. can't remember. Okay, that's fine. And so how long was the training, basic training? Oh, uh, eight, eight or nine weeks, that's okay. it. Okay, and then after basic training, did you have additional training? No, we went to, uh, went to Staten Island. Okay. And, uh, and we got on a ship. We all thought we were going to Germany. Mm. They had issued us uh, heavy, heavier clothing and so on. But no, we got on this ship at Staten Island, a big troop, troop ship, and it came out and turned south all the way down, and we went through the Panama Canal. <laughs> um, many people, as I did, uh, conceive of the uh, canal as you just go in and come out the other side. No, you go in, the ship gets locked in a confined area, mm -hmm. and they pump water, and the ship goes up. Oh, it's a lock. It's lock, a and then it goes the next one, it goes up, and I think two or three times mm -hmm. before it reaches a lake in the middle of Panama Canal. Oh. There's a lake, and then we sail across, and then the, the reverse, lock, and a lock thing down, open up, go to the next one, down again, and finally even with the level of the Pacific Ocean. Oh, okay. So you ended up at the Pacific Ocean. Right. And then? And then nonstop from, uh, from Panama Canal, nonstop past the Hawaiian Islands to the Philippines. How long did all that take? It took about 32 days, the whole thing. Really? Yeah. Wow. How many, well, all military on the ship? Yes. Uh, do you know about how many no, I don't large, sh large transport? Well, yeah. A lot of... A whole bunch of guys. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Wow. So it was like a month you were on the ship. Yeah. Um, so do you recall any of your instructors from basic training before you landed on the ship? What mm. were they like? Well, they were... Uh, they were they were good. Um they uh, were uh, conscientious about their responsibilities. Mm -hmm. For example, um, we had in the barracks, we had to make our beds 
and it was a sheet, is a cot, mm-hmm. spring cotton, and the blanket had to be tight and firm around the uh, the bed, the mattress, and so on, the pillows, and so on. And the inspection consisted of the, the officer coming in and throwing a coin on the bed, and it had to bounce. If it, if it hadn't been tight enough, it was not acceptable. Wow. So uh, very firm, he'd throw a coin on the thing. <laughs> I'd never heard of that before. But so, was that hard to do? I mean, did, no, did, you, know, you know, hey, you we know what's going to happen. Just yeah. have to do it. <laughs> That's yeah. good. Um, what? So after the basic training, you went on ship to the Philippines, and then you stayed in the Philippines. In the Philippines, through the Panama Canal, landed there, and. Um, we were waiting to be deployed, and over the loudspeaker said, Private Capone, report to headquarters company immediately. Oh. And the guys that are on the ship with, I won't use the word, said, Capone, what the F did you do? <laughs> I said, I didn't do anything. I've been with you guys. I have no idea. <laughs> so uh, I reported, sit down, soldier. You've been to college? I said, well, I graduated high school at 17, and, uh, and they were doing triple sessions during the war. So I, I, was, I had been accepted to Columbia, and I attended classes, and I got three or four semesters of work in. Mm-hmm. Did you have biology? Yes. Chemistry? Yes. Math? Yes. We need a medic in a mass unit. Oh, you're kidding. Do you want to be a medic? I said, sure. Oh, wow. He said, get your gear, come back in 10 minutes. Wow. So I went back, and uh, the guy said, what happened? Where are you going? I have to go. I are a medic. (laughs) Wow. So we got on a six-by truck, you know, it has the canvas over, okay. we had a rifle. Uh, e- even though uh, Japan had just surrendered, many Japanese soldiers refused to accept the surrender. And so we went, we had our rifles, and drove for about an hour and a half into the jungle somewhere. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Past caribou, rice paddies, mm. uh, houses on thatched houses on stilts with naked kids, you really? know, just and uh, so finally we came to a clearing, and it was uh, there was a doctor and seven or eight uh, what's nurses or beds no, or us oh yeah. military personnel yeah mm-hmm. and not interns I can't think of the residents. Word. No. no. Medics. Medics. Thank you, sweetheart. <laughs> uh, medics. Was there like a building? Was it like a there, hospital? Uh, or? An, um, yes, it was a, uh, a building. Mm-hmm. I mean, not, oh, like a not mo- stone or anything, just... Like a tent building. Tent kind of thing. So, uh, show the soldier where it's them bunking. So, is it... 
platform two, two feet under, above ground, a wooden platform, and it had a wooden frame around the cot. And it had screen because at night when you slept, you had to roll down the... The, the screen? The, the, the netting. Oh, the netting. Netting, thank you. And you had to tuck it in. Otherwise, because uh, it happened one night, I wasn't aware of it. Uh, the insects bit your lips, oh. nose, eyes, puffed, everything. Ew. And I had to get, uh, they gave me a shot of adrenaline. Wow. And uh, Did so you have to get, did they have shots at that time, like malaria and things like that, before you left? Did you get, uh, do you remember if you got? I, d I don't remember. Yeah. Huh. Well, so after that I knew enough to put the um, mesh around a bed and right. so on. And then they, uh, so report. So I reported to uh, a mesh unit. There was a doctor and then the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Medics. Medics. <laughs> and uh, there was a line of 10 soldiers and, and they said, we need the test tube of blood from each one of these soldiers. They have uh, gonorrhea and you know, all kinds of sex related diseases. Uh, I, I said, I'm sorry, sir, I, I've never done that. That's why, that's why I'm doing in the first one. You finish the line. Mm. The second guy went, oh. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. So, um, they didn't show you any of this? Why didn't they have, no. like, little training after no. basic? I'm telling you exactly the way it worked. Wow. The way it occurred. Mm. He did the first one. And he left, and he gave me the, and I had a set of needles, and uh, so I, I did the first one, and I missed the vein, Ooh. and I pulled it out, and he got a big bean on his uh, arm there, and one of the other medics came over, he said, when you miss the vein, do not pull out the, uh, uh, the needle. needle, he said, always keep it under the skin, otherwise you can get the bean. So I finished that one, and by the end of the, the line, I was an expert. Wow, <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, and you were okay with the blood and all that. Yeah. That, I, That's a very and, admirable, uh, wow. But <laughs> one night, two nights, every uh, week or two, you would get night duty, and we had a, a manual alarm clock. You had to wind it up. And we had to set it, like for every two hours, to give the soldiers that were there uh, antibiotics because they had venereal disease. Oh, wow. And we used to have to have to bend down, pull your sh pull your pants down, and inject them in their rear end. Wow. And uh, so <laughs> we had to do that. Wow. Did, were and one night. Uh, they brought in a soldier who had uh, a big gash in his head. You could see the scalp, the skull, you know. Ooh. And uh, so I went to the captain who was sleeping. It was to whatever time it was in the morning, during the night. And I told him, he said, what do you have to waking me up for? You seen us do it? You do it and don't ever wake me up again. You're kidding. Oh my God! So I went back and I 
sutured his uh, wound. Had you ever done that before? No, but I had observed it, so I, I did what was called then a mattress stitch <laughs> with forceps and then tie it without touching them, tie it, and then sit, and then doing a next one, next one, it was a mattress stitch. Okay. And was I did he it. conscious, the soldier? Was sure. He, really? You know. You didn't I, have to knock him out? No. Oh. So. Well, that's amazing. And after that, you, well, this is down the road, but you didn't want to go into the medical field after. <laughs> you, you didn't. Wow. How was it adapting to military life, you know, the, the physical regimen and the barracks and the food? How was that for you? It was, it was fine. It just, whatever it was, it was, and that's all. And, and, and you were with the guys, you know, there was a little horse play, mm -hmm. getting around or eating. Hungry or whatever. How was the food? The food was acceptable. I mean, so. they had a kitchen there, right? Yes. It was a base. You were on an American base. Yes. Yeah. So was there any kind of social life there uh, Once, when you were off duty? What did you do? Well, uh, once, uh, I, I recall that once we uh, were able to get permission and so on to go into uh, Manila, uh, because we were not stationed in Manila, we were stationed. Just outside? Well, about an hour or so away. Oh. So, and walked around. People were very nice, very, I should I use the word lovely, but, you know. Warm, welcoming. Warm, warm, thank you. So they were happy the Americans were there. Yeah, they were very nice. Mm -hmm. So that was. So what other memories do you have of your experience abroad there? Do you spend the whole two years in the service in the Philippines? Well, or? it was a little less, it was less than two years, uh -huh. thanks to Harry Truman, who dropped the bomb, mm -hmm. and then the second one, and Japan surrendered, and... Uh, you said you arrived in the Philippines, Japan had already surrendered? Um, was it 40? Yes, but there were many Japanese soldiers who refused to accept, so we had uh, military around us, mm -hmm. And, um, it was still kind of dangerous, huh? Well, it was. Uh, you know, on one particular occasion, I had to go with my rifle, the driver, and so on. We went down. There was re there was a body uh, down at the water's edge somewhere. So I had to pick him up. We wrapped up the body and mm -hmm. so on, and put him in the ambulance, and we drove back. Was that a, an American, or who was it? It was an American. Mm. And it was in a in a in a suit, a business suit. Mm. And we don't know if he was, I don't know, CIA or some, oh. mm. whom, whatever. But he was already gone. He, he was dead. Yes, yes. yes. Wow. So we brought him back. Nobody, nobody knew how that happened. Had he been shot or? Well, <clears throat> I just brought him back, and mm -hmm, then mm -hmm. the officers took care of that. Mm. Um, what kind of friendships and camaraderie did you form while you were in the service? Friendly. Everybody was, you know, going through the same thing kind mm -hmm. of thing, away from family and so on. And I had one friend in particular who was good, John Zwanzik, and we used to tease his name, D 
D-Z-W-O-N-C-Z-Y-K. Well, that's a hard one. <laughs> it's one sick. It's one sick. And we maintained uh, communication. He lived in Philadelphia area. Oh, after you got back? After even? we got back. Really? Uh, and then he passed away. Mm -hmm. So that was that. Uh, what, so your duties the whole time you were in the Philippines was working in the MASH unit there? Yes. Yeah. Did you have to travel, or did, was this a stationary base? No, stationary, and then we had armed uh, guards around the facility because of the uh, Japanese soldiers. So they were after trying to steal an ambulance or really? tires or, oh, wow. you know, whatever. So sometimes was, it, was there any kind of, um, you know, not a battle, but the, there was, you had to, your people on the base had to... We had to be alert. Alert and get them to go away? I mean, how does that work? We had a Filipino nurse. I remember her name, Dr. Six. Inez Magapanpan. Uh. She came to treat the uh, Filipino uh, youngsters, you know, teenagers, 20-year-olds, mm -hmm. who worked on the base for us. And... Uh, she asked the captain one day if uh, she could borrow an ambulance to take some medication to treat some Filipino things who were having some medical issues. Mm -hmm. So he said yes. She says, I'll need a driver. Take Capone. Oh, really? <laughs> Why? You're multi-talented. Wow. Well, I had to drive the ambulance. We had... Uh, rifles with us mm. and so on and was it just you and her together yes so what about protection well, i guess you you have your own rifle and that was i had it. my rifle um i also felt uh, to some degree safe because she was filipino ah uh -huh. good point yeah doctor mm -hmm. and a professional very well educated mm -hmm. and so on did and anything happen no, we traveled to, you know, dirt roads, as I said. We, we, we passed the, the ha sh shacks on stilts, hmm. naked kids, mm -hmm. and caribous, as I told you. Hmm. And uh, she brought the medical things that she had to carry out and so on. And then we came back. So the Filipinos weren't treated in the MASH unit? The doctor would go to them? Yes. Hmm. It, it was, was nice. for soldiers. Yeah. Oh, for what? For soldiers, for the army. Right, but I mean, you said she treated some of the kids there. Oh, she treated the uh, the Filipinos right. who worked the... Uh, oh, because they worked in the unit. Yeah, they worked the grounds, they cleaned up, you know. Mm -hmm. So they got medical care from the yes, from unit. Yes, Okay. As a matter of fact, after uh, uh, I was discharged and home, she came to visit me and my oh. family. Oh, how nice. Did, yeah. well, you said she was Filipino. Yes. Did she stay there and then she came to the States to visit? For whatever reason. Oh, I don't know. She nice. had one person, Dr. Inez Megapanpan. That's quite a name. Nice. Um, so how did you keep in touch with your family and friends from back home? Well, we had no cell phones or right. anything, so it was uh, by mail. And you wrote, they wrote? I wrote, and they wrote, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, 
And when you were off duty, what did you do? You said you went into Manila sometimes? Yeah, not, not often, once, or I remember once particularly, mm -hmm. but other than that, you know, just on the compound. So you didn't travel off the, away from the Philippines no, at all? No, no. <clears throat> so the war had ended when you were sent over there, but they didn't tell you what your assignment was going to be? I mean... They they, no. they they had you go to the mash unit right away, and that was... When they got there, they yeah. said, uh, you know, have you you've been to college? Yes. You know, and I said, yeah. did you have biology? Yes. And I said, we need a medic. Would you like to be a medic? Sure. <laughs> did anybody else from your training group do the same, have the same assignment? No. No. Not that I remember. Huh. So... What what other experiences did you have in the Philippines, working there? What what other duties did you have to do? Well, one was to be alert because, mm -hmm. as I said, the Japanese soldiers refused to recognize or acknowledge uh, surrender. How close did they get to the hospital? Well, they were were in a compound. You know, there was a building, a car, uh, you know, we had. Uh, lived in a, uh, in a cot, and it had a metal, uh, wooden frame, I told you. But right, uh, but I mean, the, the, perifer uh, the periphery yeah, the of the, the base had a fence around it, so no. it, or they had, you had people stationed to stationed guard it? Stationed to guard, okay. yeah, we had soldiers. Did you ever see Japanese getting close to the unit? Only to the extent that uh, things were stolen and we'd hear gunshots once in a while. Really? Hmm. And as I told you, I went to pick up a body mm -hmm. and uh, hmm. so on. So I was fortunate enough to be born in the year that I was rather than a little earlier. Earlier, right, yeah. right. So when the your duty was over, how did you return to home? Um, or did you get the option to re Oh, yeah. Well, you had to meet with the officer, and you tried in every which way to re-up. Really? <laughs> but you didn't want to? And no. I told him I had started school, and I wanted to finish, and so on. And uh, so they, uh, I got on a ship, and it came came from the Philippines, and the ship we went, came back to uh, Fort Ord in California. Mm -hmm. And it was discharged there, oh. and they gave me a hundred. I think it was a hundred sixty-eight dollars to get home. Uh, on your own? I mean, you had on to make the arrangement. I was discharged right oh. there. Oh. So uh, I had never been on an airplane before, but I uh, and another couple of guys. You know, we uh, got reservations on an airplane that left it, uh, that left from California to New York, mm -hmm. two propeller oh, plane. Really? No, uh, seven stops. Seven stops. Wow, across the country, you kept uh, stopping. One stop was a place I had never heard of, Ypsilanti, Michigan. Oh, I've heard of Ypsilanti. Have you? Yeah. It begins with the letter Y, yeah. Ypsilanti, Michigan. <laughs> and then it, we're getting close to New York. 
It stopped in Philadelphia first, right away. <laughs> wow. So it was you always so close. stayed on the plane. You didn't yes. change planes. Yes, yeah, no. Wow. And uh, <laughs> finally, uh, we landed in New York. Now, did your family know you were on your way home? Yes. Yeah, they did. Yes. And I went to the PX at Fort Hamilton in Brooklyn the next day or two, I forget what. I was still in the military, mm -hmm. uh, and I bought civilian clothes there. Oh, okay. They had a post exchange and mm -hmm. so on. How so, were you received by family and friends when you got home? Are you kidding? My mother and father, <laughs> uh, you know, they were happy. My sister yeah. had three si had three sisters. So at that point you were 21 or 20? Yeah, 20? 20, 21. So did Columbia, you returned yeah, to school right, right went, back? I went right back and I graduated. I got my degree the year that I had started out with. Don't ask me how I did it. What, what do you mean? You got your degree. How much longer did it take to get? I graduated with the class of 1948. I graduated high school in 44, entered oh. Columbia. Wow. I was supposed to graduate 48, instead went overseas, back again, and I graduated with my class. So you were in school again for only like a, a year? Yeah, and I took uh, triple sessions. Oh, I see. You know, a lot of credits in one year, one semester, and so on. Wow. So, um, what were you studying? Did you you had a major? I had a major. I, at first, I thought it was going to be medicine, ah. but I uh, I switched. A friend of mine was uh, told me that he was going to uh, teachers' college at mm -hmm. Columbia. Uh, so I got my masters, my bachelor's at Columbia. My um, masters, the masters, and my EDD, a doctorate at Teachers College, Columbia. Wow, nice, very nice. So huh. I did what that, and I got a job, and I started teaching. Where was that? In West Babylon. West Babylon, Long Island. <laughs> Long Island, huh. and I became junior high principal, assistant superintendent, wow. and so on. And and then full su superintendent after. I did uh, temporarily because uh, the superintendent uh, got sick, mm. and I did. And I told him I was retiring. My wife contracted MS, oh. and uh, she kept calling. What are you doing? Don't they know I need you? And so on. I, I had to call my neighbor to pick me up. I fell. Oh. So I said, "That's it. I retired, retired. early mm -hmm. at an early age." Mm -hmm. And came home. I found out after a year that I was not able, knowledgeable enough to take care of her needs mm -hmm. uh, with the MS, and uh, so we got an aid Help. to live mm -hmm. with us mm -hmm. and so on. Nice. And eventually, she ended up in a nursing home. Oh, sorry. What made you decide not to do medicine after your stint in the MASH unit? I don't know. I think about it, but. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> I don't know. Or rather go into education instead. That's a big difference yeah. from medicine. But I, I enjoyed the education. I liked being in front of a class mm -hmm. with the kids. I was uh, had a very nice relationship with family and mm -hmm. parents. Mm -hmm. Where and, did you start out in uh, what grade, uh, what level uh, teaching? I started with this in science. Mm 
high school? High school, junior high, junior high, high school. Oh, okay. And uh, physics, physics too. And then I taught. The superintendent called me up. I had become chairman of the science department mm -hmm. by that time, and he had hired a uh, physicist from the NASA program. And he kept bragging about it to all the other superintendents. What he didn't know is, the guy didn't know the first thing about teaching. He would uh, go to the blackboard writing, looking at the blackboard writing, and the kids were climbing out the oh, window. It, it was Terrible. chaos. Yeah. So he had to fire him. And he said, Tony, he said, you're going to have to teach physics. I said, Pete, I'm you know, Tony, where am I going to find a physics teacher three months into the semester? So I didn't. I taught it for three years. Wow. Did you like it? I liked it. Uh, and the, the students, I had had them in biology. Oh. So they knew me. And nice. It was a good, good relationship with them and their families. Before that, how, did you, how were you adjusting to civilian life once you came back before you... Well, you went right back into college, so it was a little, yeah, different. little different. You weren't working right away. Yeah. The family was happy to see me. Yeah. And you lived at home? Neighbors. I uh, lived at home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Puggy. Uh, my friend, Puggy, uh, we had grown up together. We were good friends. But he, he was sent to Germany, and I was sent to oh. the Philippines. But we came home at the same time. Really? The semesters... We still had to finish our degrees at college. He was at NYU, I was at Columbia. And uh, so we still had about uh, three or four months mm -hmm. before we could pick up a class again. So we, we used to meet at his uh, aunt's house. She was a young woman with little kids and very personable mm -hmm. and happy to associate with young People, students, students, yeah, students sure. you know. nice. So we'd go there, drink coffee, smoke cigarettes. You smoked. <laughs> oh, well, the, the Red Cross used different. to give us cigarettes. Amazing, really. As soldiers, <laughs> do you know as, that? Yeah, no, as soldiers. I did not know that. No. We used to get the two pack, pack, just like this shape, mm -hmm. out of cardboard, and there'd be two cigarettes in there, <laughs> and the Red Cross used to hand them out to the wow. soldiers. Well, everyone smoked back then, it seemed, you know? Yeah. That's what people did to relax, yeah. I guess. <laughs> I can tell you when I stopped smoking. Oh, yeah? When was that? Well, I had four children, and we were having supper. We always ate together. And <laughs> the oldest was uh, Jerry, uh, Tom, uh, Sarah, um, <laughs> Susan. Susan and Linda. Mm -hmm. And my wife, while we were having supper at the table, all of, of us, he said, I have news for you. Your son was sent home from school for smoking. Mm -hmm. It was Jerry. How old was he then? About well, a high school high student. School. Was, what was he, 16? Huh? 17, something like that. Your son, not our son. Your <laughs> son. Was, <laughs> so, uh, I said, what's the matter with you? You're stupid. You're he said, Dad, you're holding a cigarette in your hand oh, while you're telling me that. Mom is smoking. Oh, yeah. she smoked also, your yeah. wife? And your ashtrays on the table. <laughs> 
I said, you see this cigarette? This is exactly what happened. See this cigarette? It's the last one I will ever smoke. Wow. And you'd better not smoke anymore. And I put it out. Good and, for you. Wow. And I held to it. The next couple of days, you know, crises in school, yeah. I would have lit a cigarette. But hmm. uh, I stuck wow. to it. Did your that wife a, stop too at that point? Virtually. Uh-huh. But she had a mess. I didn't mm-hmm. want to force her to. Yeah. But, but your son she gave up smoking. She gave, and your son didn't smoke anymore. Nobody smoked. Good. Unless they're not telling me. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> no smoke. So um, you said you remained in contact with the fr- a friend. Well, one of them. One in, of them. And who lived in Philadelphia, but he's since passed away. Are you a member of any uh, veterans organizations? I am not, no. no. Um how do you how do you think your wartime experiences affected your life? Your military service affected your life. Well, uh, resilience, self reliance, discipline be with the discipline, bed, huh? making the bed, making the bed, discipline. I still make the bed every morning when I get up. That's very important. That's excellent. <laughs> they, am I right? <laughs> That's excellent. So what are, what are some life lessons you learned from your military service? Life lessons? Well, uh, as I said, self-reliance, mm-hmm. uh, believing in yourself and being... Uh, I don't know. Okay. How do you think your military service impacted your feelings about war and the military in general? Oh. I respect and admire the men and women who are in the military very much. They have great responsibilities and so on. Mm -hmm. What do I feel about war? No war. Please. Yeah. Enough. Enough. Is there anything about your service we haven't covered that you that you remember that we should hear about? No, I'm, I'm not happy that situations, you know, required that I get into the military, but uh, it, it contributed to the person I am today. Mm. In, a I good yeah, in a good way. In a good way, yes. What, is there a message you'd like to leave for future generations who might view this video? Any message? No war. That's a good message. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much, Dr. Capone. Anything else? We're good? Thank okay. you very Thank much. Thank you very much for your service and sharing your memories with us. Thank you.